Hello, we're back. Somewhat more on time this week, but you know we're getting there. Yes, um, we're recording. Stop making noise. All right. So should we just jump into it? I don't really have anything to say. Oh, maybe we should share this. Um, yesterday evening, we booked a trip to the land of Rory. Um, what's the last name? Mm-hmm. Finnegan something. We're going to Ireland in January, so that's exciting. And hopefully we run into Rory slash Damian McGinty. Let's hope not. I want to find the pot of gold. That or, or sexual, if you remember what <laughs> Brittany believed. Yeah, that's why I said it. Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> We're here, season three, episode six, mash off. Not mash off, like hyphenated, it's two separate words. Thank you. So I wanted to make that clear for the folks listening at home. Thank you. Of course. So we open with Puck speaking in a weird voiceover, pretty much confessing his love for Shelby and how he wants to like make it work. And like we we hear this voiceover and we were watching him like make eyes at Shelby from like across the hallway or across the classroom. And it's just very weird. And he's like fantasizing that Shelby's in some like hot teacher get up, like sexy librarian type Uh look. I think the most concerning thing was when he said, don't judge me, I'm 18, it's legal, which is a little too close to home for what Mark Sailing is most infamous for, mm-hmm. if you're catching my drift. I didn't like that. Um, and then he launched into just a horrible performance, which you're going to bring up. Yes, so he <laughs> launched into, he's in his fourth period geometry class. I don't know how we know this. I don't know how the IMDb synopsis oh, people no. know this. I don't know. With Shelby, who's subbing, and he's performing hot for teacher. I'm assuming that's by Van Halen since we yes. about Van Halen. Yes. And it was weird because it starts off with like dialogue. And it was like Puck and all the other boys is like talking about being like having hots for the teacher. And then they get into this absolutely batshit performance. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a lot, a lot of energy. Like a lot of energy, a lot. like kind of uncomfortable, actually really uncomfortable energy. Too much energy. It should, and to kick off the episode with that, we're just like, ah, let's yeah. stop. And also at one point, Blaine and Mike were fighting with the mic stands in the background, like they were swords. Oh yeah. I don't know were. what that has to do with the song, but okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, in my notes, I just put, I don't like this. I really don't like this at all. Why are they fighting with the mic stands? That went on for far too long. And then, of course, Shu loved that song. Oh, of course. Because at the end, he was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's weird. And he was like, but wait, like, what was, like, the inspiration for you picking the song? Like, I got to make sure it's, like, okay to celebrate this. And Puck lied and said that he digs Van Halen. Like, come mm. on, Will, don't be an idiot. Yeah, that was stupid. Dummy move. Yes. So then we cut to one of Sue's political attack ads where she's attacking her opponent, Bert, her Hummel, Kurt's dad. And she keeps making fun of him for having a heart attack last year and is 
making up this weird rumor that he got a heart transplant from a baboon. Ah! So he has a baboon heart beating in his chest. I just thought it was funny that like in the background, there's a bunch of random words that are like flashing in between the images of the baboons. Yeah. And one of them was just socialism, just <laughs> flashing. Um, and then of course, at the end of the ad, at the bottom, it said paid for by angry white people to elect Sue Sylvester. That was funny. So we know who Sue's voting base is made up of. Yes. Of course. Remember that math teacher? She was like, you've got oh, my right. vote. You're so right. She was angry and white. <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot. And Will, who I forgot is Kurt's camp, sorry, Bert's campaign manager. For some reason, I don't really understand. He's watching at home with Emma. She's in her 90s, about to slip into the bed. And he's pissed. Like he's getting so angry about this and Emma's trying to calm him down and as she calms him down this was my Will Schuster cringe hour Will lets <laughs> out this weird groan or moan or it's like, and I really did not need to hear that at all also Emma stays wearing that little yellow yes. nightgown girl how often are you watching that do you have multiple copies at Maze, let us know <laughs> anything else to add no all right, so Kurt is at school and he's upset about Brittany's class campaign. And he's got a campaign. weird thing on his head, you guys. Oh, I don't even know what how to describe that. Okay, it looked like, I'm just going to call it like it is. It looked like a pleather bonnet. It looked like a black pleather like bonnet. It was like braided almost. With a braid on it, but it... But it looked like a, I, I'm, I think it's a bonnet. Like it had a headband part and then it had a poofy part and then it had like a braided part. But that's what it looked like. And then just to like sour the deal even further, he was wearing some like cloth fabric attire. And it really looked like he was trying to dress like African or something. I don't even know. It was very weird. It was very weird. And yes, I forget this scene where he was talking to Brittany and was upset about Sue's dirty campaign against Bert. Oh, Sue, he was talking to Sue. Yes. And Sue told him that he should start slinging mud and like fighting back. That was kind of like the, the theme of this episode is to fight back or not to fight back. You're sorry. Yeah. Nothing else. If I had something else, I'm going to say what I have to say. Okay. <laughs> you, when you did synopsis, you often check with me. So I'm just returning the same I, courtesy. I mainly do it because sometimes you just you just don't be saying stuff. But you know I'm going to give my two cents. Yeah, so it's a, it's a personality thing. No, it's a personality thing. I ask you because I know otherwise you'll just sit there for 85% of the time. And then when I post a clip to our story that's mainly me talking, you're going to say, hmm, you always post clips where it's mainly you talking. Hmm, I wonder why. Hmm, I wonder what tomorrow's clip or today's clip's gonna be. That whole thing with you talking. Anyway. No, it won't fit in 15 seconds. <laughs> both of McKinley's <laughs> choirs have drawn the same sectionals competition. I don't know why they worded it that way. Anyway. That suggests that it's like a random yeah. drawing. That doesn't make any sense. And Will and Shelby are kind of in cahoots and they think that they should channel the competitive spirit of the two teams and have a little like pre-sectionals like shindig however um will have some concerns and this is my cringe hour when he said maybe it'll turn into world war glee yeah i forgot about that i mean it's in my notes but <laughs> did not like that like, come on world war glee is not that serious and they should have named the episode that that would have been kind of cool i think sure okay. so then 
The New Directions and the Trouble Tones, a.k.a. what? Hot Bitches? The Hot Bitches, yeah. They really should have stuck with that name. I love it. They're summoned to the auditorium, and the two clubs are fighting, and this isn't where... Yeah, this is, this is where Santana kind of goes off on New Directions. This is the start of like the whole beef against Santana, right? A little bit, yeah. And Will and Shelby come out, and they're singing a mashup of Lady Gaga's You and I with someone named Eddie Rabbit. His, his song you and I never heard of him or the song they don't go well together they don't and this is a this is a trend where of the we see three mashups this episode right mm-hmm. two out of three of them so a majority of them just do not go well together in my opinion and I oh, think in, oh we see four what's the fourth one okay I feel like I'm gonna just I don't remember the fourth one but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that three out of the four of them didn't go well together and then one out of, of the four goes fucking hard and we'll get to that but I think two yeah. of them went well I don't know what I guess we'll get to the I don't I'm only thinking of three so I guess we'll get to that well, yeah this does not go well and it's <laughs> awkward because the point they're trying to make is that two conflicting things can be nice and like work together so y'all should have put the better material Ooh. And they want each group to put together a mash up, and then each group's mash up will have a mash off. You know, they'll compete with their mash off. Sure. Mash ups. Well, anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Shelby's talking to Puck, and he's like, he straight up like says, like, I want to be with you to Shelby, which is incredibly inappropriate. He says it to her like in her classroom or something yeah. after class. He like brings a little pumpkin because they're out of apples at the cafeteria. And it was just really weird. And she's telling him. That it's not a good idea for them to be together. And he's telling her that he's in love with her. And he has a three-reason list as to why they should be together. Because he's hot, she's hot, and he wants a father figure for Beth. And why not have her father figure be her real father, her biological father? Mm. And very much, you know, appropriately, Shelby doesn't seem to agree. And doesn't think that talks very convincing. And just thinks that it's a crush that he'll get over which I'm not too sure about that. Mm-mm. So Finn is, let's just say Finn's on some shit this episode, but before we even get there, Finn is thinking that the New Direction shouldn't do a Hall and Oates mashup, which, because they're one of the few musical groups that stuck together through thick and thin. All right. I have a question for you before we continue. Mm-hmm. What do you think is motivating Finn this episode? Because like you said, he's on one. He's very like, actually, now I think about it, him and Kurt, which we'll get to, they're both on this thing of like, we need to fight against bullying and tyranny and everyone's being so mean and horrible. And it's and I'm like, I just want to know, the only thing I can think of for Finn is I think his storyline this season is starting to realize that he's he doesn't know what to do with his life like after high school mm-hmm. so maybe he's just like clinging on to that supposed role of leader yeah because if i was being generous i was going to say that after was it last week's episode the week cooter was last week right cooter! where he yeah. realized that cooter wasn't there to recruit him he's like the community football isn't in my future and he's like clinging on to some hope that glee might be but i'm not really buying it mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so he's like, of course, the leader of New Directions, and he's thinking they should do this Hall and Oates mashup. And it's funny because as he's talking about who he wants, I don't know why he gets to decide who does the solo, but as he's talking about who he wants to do the solo for this number, we get a shot of Blaine sitting in the front row in the glee room <laughs> and Rory sitting behind him. And 
Finn says, as we're looking at, at Blaine and Rory, that he wants to give the solo to the new guy. And Blaine gets all excited. And then he's like, that being Rory. And Blaine looks all dejected. But here's the thing. I feel like Finn ended up doing the solo. Like when we actually get to the number, You're so Finn right. did most of the singing. So I don't even understand why that was there. Like Rory maybe had two, three lines. Potholes. I don't know. And Rory's nervous, but Blaine being fake as fuck shows him that he's going to be great at it. So shut up, Blaine. No one asked you. Little Miss Quinn. She is being so pushy with <laughs> Puck about, you know, her plot to steal Beth from Shelby. She's saying, how come CPS hasn't called yet? What did you do to mess up my plan to reclaim our baby? Blah, blah, blah. You're crazy, Quinn, so shut up. Ooh. And... Puck just like kind of like brushes her off because of course we all know that Puck is trying to get in with Shelby and not piss her off. And so then Quinn approaches Shelby and says, this is a very quick scene. She approaches Shelby. It was very quick, you're right. She tells her that she wants to join the Trouble Tones and Shelby says, I'll think about it. And like that was it. Like, okay, thanks for nothing. <laughs> very weird. And so now we see Finn, he's trying to get Rory into trash talking the Trouble Tones. <laughs> but mostly Santana. This is this sentence is way too brief about what actually happened. Finn tries to get Rory into trash talking the troll tones, mostly Santana, which leads to an after-school dodgeball challenge. I guess they haven't gotten to the dodgeball challenge yet, but I feel like more happened in this scene. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, we're. I hope we're not helping, jumping right to dodgeball because there's a couple of other things yeah. reflected in my notes that we have to talk about first. Okay. Um, I don't, I guess maybe this is where... I wrote that. I just wrote in my notes, Finn, seriously, do not fuck with Santana because you will lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he might have lost. Well, I mean, he kind of wins at the end, but we'll get to that. <laughs> the blow he deals at the end. Hello? No, I know, but then okay. I'm talking about what happened after that. The other blow that was dealt. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so Rachel approaches Shelby. First of all, y'all, I low-key forgot that Shelby is Rachel's birth mom, because I was like, <laughs> why is this scene being staged so, like, emotional and sentimental? Second of all, horrible dress. Yeah, a lot horrible dress. This episode were not great. It is, it is like a three-quarter sleeve, knee-length, navy dress with white polka dots, but it kind of has, like, a weird boat neck, like a white boat neck covered situation, collar. She looked like... <laughs> She was like dressing. I don't know if this is an insult to the character or not. She was kind of dressing like Miss Honey from Matilda this whole episode. But Miss Honey is kind of fierce. So (laughs) I don't even know if I want to say that. Yes. Anyway, outfits were not great. And she's approaching Shelby because she wants her. Well, she approaches saying that she needs to, you know, do a letter of recommendation for her for Niata. But then she reveals that she already wrote it herself and just needs Shelby to sign it, which she does and says she's proud of her. And Rachel suggests maybe Shelby will want to write the letter herself, but is stunned when Shelby tells her that other kids without her resume don't have a chance in hell getting into Miata. I don't see the correlation between those two things, sure. but sure. <laughs> Are you on the fandom? No, so I'm on IMDb. Interesting. They both have issues at this point. Rachel, <laughs> yeah. Rachel tells Kurt she misses their friendship. He isn't having it. That's it. That's all that Love. <laughs> <laughs> During the dodgeball game, so we're at the dodgeball game. Oh, I think this is the mashup I'm forgetting. 
Yeah, I didn't think this mashup went together very well either. No. The two teams are singing a mashup with Pat Benatar's Hit Me With Your Best Shot and Blondie's One Way or Another. I think the Trouble Tones are doing Hit Me With Your Best Shot and New Directions is One Way or Another. No, opposite. Opposite. Yes, Santana saying. And the Trouble Tones are all wearing like black coordinated outfits, like black tops, black shorts, and New Directions are wearing red tops with black shorts. I want to address the shorts situation on the new direction side. I thought this was very strange. Okay, so I get it that everyone has their preference. I just thought this was funny. So all the straight boys on new directions are wearing like like 12 inch inseam basketball shorts that cover their knees and they look horrible. And then Blaine is wearing little booty shorts that are like probably the same length as the ladies over on the treble tones. They're like, oh, he's gay. We'll give him the short shorts. <laughs> okay, but that's what I was thinking. But then Kurt was wearing like capris. <laughs> Kurt was straight up wearing like, like middle-aged women's yoga capri pants with like the flared hem. Mm-hmm. That's what he was wearing. I saw him in like two shots, but that's what he was wearing. And I was like, what is going on here with the short situation? Too much. As was this whole performance. Yeah. But, I mean, Santana Slade and the Trouble Tone Slade, because they were winning, but they decided to all team up on Rory, and he wound up getting a bloody nose. I don't know why I said it like that. Bloody nose. <laughs> and then Kurt, like, comes to his defense. Kurt's mad. He's, like, yelling. And this fuels something that will happen later on in the episode for Kurt. But it's funny. I put in my notes, I fully support the Trouble Tones. LOL. The new directions are being so dramatic. No, they really were. Like... First of all, I don't understand how, I mean, I guess if they're throwing hard enough, you can get a bloody nose from dodgeballs, but it didn't look like they were throwing them hard. It looked like they were like just throwing them in his direction. Like you would have to, you would have to throw a dodgeball pretty hard to like make someone's nose bleed, I think. Yeah. So that was dramatic. And then Kurt like screaming when we've gotten no indication that he's even socialized with Rory before. Yeah. It was just a weird, again, I don't understand this episode's conceit of like everyone being so, like obviously bullying is bad, but it was just, it came across as like, just, just stupid because who they're mainly talking about is Santana. Mm -hmm. And y'all Ben knew that Santana is like this. So one, how are you not used to it? And two, you're kind of asking for, especially Finn, the way he's acting. Mm -hmm. And he's not, he's about to not make it any better for himself. So I don't know. Like, just shut up. <laughs> so Mercedes suggests that, you know, the Trouble Tones, they're, they're in their room thinking about their match up for the match off. And Mercedes suggests that they go with Adele. Adele Dazine, funnily mm-hmm. enough, you know, Adina Menzel. Yeah. You get it, you get it. <laughs> and she tells Santana that she needs to lay off the new directions and lighten up and, you know, be a bit more nicer. And she also nominates herself for president, which everyone except for Santana and Brittany votes for and Santana's like, okay, maybe I should like start to lighten up a little bit. And she seems like she wants to uh, apologize to Finn for her behavior. So we're in the hallway and Santana approaches Finn to apologize. But like the queen she is, she can't quite apologize and proceeds to trash him and Rory for quite some time. And she like kind of was mean, but also like kind of ate with some of the insults she said. She ate with every single insult, and I fully support her in her journey. Well, we're not that phobic. 
she she did make some comments about that. So we're not, you know, just want to clarify. But That's the other true. insults. Were- I think they're like highlighting that it's ridiculous though, because Finn is like a football player who's like fit. I mean, he's not Jack like like Sam or Mike are, I guess. But I think the show is clearly saying that Santana is being way over the top because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Sure. So <laughs> she walks away after hitting with all these insults and bitch ass Finn starts yelling down the hallway for everyone to hear and says that the real reason why Santana's acting the way she is is because she won't come out of the closet and that she's a coward and that she's in love with Britney and she's scared Britney won't love her back. <laughs> I put in my notes in all caps that like he's kind of right but i don't think he should be doing this in the hallway around all these people not at all finn has no right to out santana that to at all period point blank yeah like that's so fucked up not good um, yeah like i get it that it's right but also like why are you using this like this anger bother you so much that you're willing to like be a dick and out somebody like that's just i don't know that really really pissed me off so i didn't quite find it funny the way you did Okay, I didn't think that part was funny, but it was funny when she was yelling at him. Oh, well, yeah. He deserves it. But anyway. Anyway. So then there's another, I don't quite remember the details of this next attack ad from Sue against Bert. Um, I didn't write anything about it. So okay, so it wasn't as iconic as the Babylon uh, one, but Bert's pissed at Will now. Because <laughs> Will's supposed to be his campaign manager and he's letting Sue get away with it. And Bert wants to start farting. <laughs> Bert wants to start farting. Start fighting fire with fire. You heard Excuse it here me. first. Bert's been backed up for 40 years. Anyway. <laughs> and like I mentioned earlier, this is the episode of like, are we fighting back? Are we not fighting back? And Bert wants to fight back. Ooh. Puck seems to be getting comfortable with Beth. He proceeds to break down and reveals to Shelby that what Quinn tried to do to get Beth taken away, as he should, because Quinn's a conniving little snake. How many times I've said that phrase about Quinn on this broadcast? I've probably, probably said it more than you. I've said worse things about her. Yes, you <laughs> and he's telling Shelby that he doesn't consider Beth an accident anymore, that he wants to be part of her life. I don't buy this at all. Obviously, Puck's just trying to get with Shelby. I don't, Puck does not understand fatherhood. I don't think, he doesn't have a father. Like, not to say that she can't understand it, but, like, at 18 years old, I don't know. Maybe, like, being too mean, but I just don't see him being genuine about this. Yeah, Puck's just trying to get Alphabet's little green snatch. Oh, my honest. God. Let's be honest. He doesn't give a fuck about that kid. He just cares about fucking. And fuck them kids. Oh, my God. I did not mean it that way, like, in the Mark Sealing way. I meant, like, fuck them kids. Like, he doesn't care about the kids. I don't mean it, like, in the... There's a double meaning there, but I did not mean it in that way. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay, so New Directions, we're, we're at the mash-off, and New Directions is going first, and they're singing the Hollow Notes mashup with I Can't Go For That and You Make My Dreams. And they are in these ridiculous outfits from like what 70s they're 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 looking like holland oats that's what it was i know that but okay. still they look ridiculous scare me a leaf just violently dropped from the oh, roses that you that's no like it didn't just sad. drop like it dropped so loudly that it made a noise and then it 
Okay. Anyway, so um, they're in these outfits. Mark, not Mark. What's his name? Puck has. I guess his name is Mark. Actually, Puck has this horrible little like curly haired afro thing going on. Finn's got his hair kind of combed back on a different style than he usually wears it. I say that he looks like Rick Astley kind of. And yeah, it was. I feel like the songs like went okay together but it just wasn't that exciting of a performance it was kind of tired <laughs> i'm so rude i put in my notes so new directions is losing right <laughs> knowing what's coming yes. i was like obviously they're not winning this mash off yes and so then we are at the gym i want to talk about this really quick sorry why are we i don't understand where we are in time because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, a mash-off is happening. Why wouldn't New Directions perform? Because they won the Rock, Paper, Scissors. Scissors. Why wouldn't they perform? And then the Trouble Tones perform right after them in the same time. But in the editing of the episode, it's like we're breaking for these speeches when I feel like this could have easily happened just beforehand and it would have made more sense. Because yeah. we break for the speeches and then we have like another scene which... I believe we're supposed to we're supposed to believe it takes place in in the evening. So are we saying that like this the second half of the mash off was like the next day? That's weird to me. Yeah, like there's no weird. reason why they couldn't have done it back to back. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, so we're doing the presidential class presidential speeches, and hockey player Rick the Stick Nelson yeah is first and he's like making all these weird promises and saying teachers will have to answer to students and it's just gonna be like tyranny and it's a lot <laughs> Brittany follows up she's making some good points but she ends her speech saying that she promises to go topless on tuesdays and the whole audience erupts in applause and excitement which by the way, where did their extras budget go? Because yeah. usually with these types of things, they happen during an assembly where everyone has to go. That auditorium was maybe a third. Actually, no, it was not even a third full because the bleachers behind the candidates were completely empty. Maybe they're trying to make so, sure that no one really cares about the class president and Brittany and Kurt. Yes. So seriously. I guess so. Rachel, I guess. But yeah, so that was funny. Kurt gets up oh. and he's on something about how he vows to ban dodgeball at mckinley and he starts reading yeah. about the hit origins of dodgeball and it's just like give me a fucking break it's I a know. game um i will say i did like kurt's outfit i did like his suit it's like a nice plaid navy suit with white boots he looked nice but yeah i, I don't really again it's like I keep saying, I don't understand that threat at all. Like the anti-bullying thing, which is what he first starts saying, makes sense because of course what happened with Karofsky. But then he's like, and therefore I want to ban dodgeball. It's like, did that incident, which didn't even really involve you, by the way, it involved Rory, did that traumatize you so much that you want to ban dodgeball? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what is this platform? He doesn't have a platform. No. Nope. It's idiotic. Except for the uniform thing. Like I'm down for the anti-bullying, the dodgeball part just doesn't make any sense. And it's like, that's what he makes his whole platform to be is the dodgeball. Anyway. I guess he was just like hanging on to that because that was like the most recent form of bullying that he saw. I guess so. But it's so stupid. And then Rachel gets up and she actually withdraws her candidacy and she urges everyone to vote for Kurt, who is the only non-negative candidate. And afterwards, like Kurt's kind of surprised and asks Rachel why she did that. And she said that she thinks being president would put him over the top for acceptance into Niata, but she doesn't really need. She feels like yeah. she's got it in the bag. I was going to say, that's a little shady for her because she's basically like, 
Well, I don't need it. So, yeah. like, you need it. So, I'm going to give you the pity vote. Yeah. But and mm-hmm. it was nice when she said she doesn't want to go to Miata unless Kurt's there, too. So, I guess that was sweet, but also kind of like, I'm doing better than me right now. <laughs> so, uh, Shelby says she's not sure that Quinn joining the Trouble Challenge is a good idea. Just the right. Because choice. Quinn comes over. Yes. By the way, this is the most, this is the second most iconic scene in the whole episode. I cannot wait to talk about what happened. Yes. So Shelby confronts Quinn and they're going at it, talking about like what it really means to be a mother because yes, Quinn birthed her, but we also like Shelby is the one that's like giving her the maternal love and care that she needs. And also, I don't remember if you mentioned this earlier, but Puck came clean to Shelby and said, oh, by the way, Quinn. Yes. You did? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. So Shelby I, knows those motivations. I'm just trying to remember why, I'm guessing the synopsis doesn't say this, why Quinn came over. Because it's at Shelby's condo. Oh, she had a gift. She brought a gift for Beth that she was dropping off. Oh, snake. Okay, she's like, this will get me in the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going at it, and Quinn calls Shelby a, quote, cash whore I'm dead. for giving up her child, Rachel, her child, for money. I'm dead. That's so funny. I cannot believe Quinn went there. I was hollering. And then the, the following clap back from Shelby, she read her down. And I quote, Shelby said at one point, just because you took out your nose ring and dyed your hair back to blonde doesn't make you any less lost. Mm-hmm. And she told her to get out of my house. Yup. And that she's Quinn's going to be allowed nowhere near Beth. Yup. That she, she said, shouldn't. This needs to be a wake-up call for you. So yeah. work, Shelby. I almost said I'll fuck with you. <laughs> and so now we see that Santana's called into Sue's office and it seems very serious. Because Bert and Will are also there. And she's like asking what's going on. And they tell her that another candidate in the congressional race, lots of races happening, in the congressional <laughs> race has a niece who was in the hallway when Finn was yelling at Santana and outed her. And the niece overheard the conversation with Finn. And now that bitch ass congressional candidate is running an attack ad. There's lots of connections here. An attack ad against Sue where he asks why Sue promoted a lesbian to be a Cheerios captain, and he explicitly calls out Santana as being that Cheerios captain. And Santana runs out, runs and cries as she's leaving. I thought it was funny, though, that because this this candidate, he's like the pizza king. He oh, owns yes. pizza restaurants. In the corner of the ad the whole time was a rotating little pizza with the phone number, and it said free delivery. <laughs> and he kept having these, like, gavel shots and every time he had the gavel it was hitting a pizza yeah i thought that was funny but yeah aside from that it was horrible and very sad for santana and she was saying how she wasn't even out to her family yet like this is going public everyone's gonna know now she was just rightfully so freaking out yeah and so we come to the end of the episode with a performance from the trouble tones where they're doing a mashup of rumor has it and someone like you by adele And this performance is so good. I really like it. I think the choreo goes kind of hard with like the shimming shoulders. And I don't know, they're just getting it. And these songs actually go well together. Whoever over the little Glee team came up with this mashup, you deserve maybe a little bit of a bonus because I think they go very well together. Um, 
I like that Mercedes and Santana are both showcased uh, vocally. And as you pointed out, and I was also thinking, both of these songs align thematically with what Santana mm -hmm. is going through. Because of course, Finn, I mean, it's true. So it's like a rumor because okay. it's it's like real, but like Finn's percolating this rumor around and now it's spreading and spreading. And, but then like, I feel like she was kind of singing about Britney when she was mm -hmm. singing Someone Like You. Um, and obviously she's very upset the whole time. So they ate, I love this number. And it seems like Mercedes, I don't know if she knew exactly what was going on, but at the end she seemed like a little solemn too. So I'm sure she was just like feeling for Santana. Maybe too. she could sense, cause like Santana was giving face. So maybe she could sense that something was amiss. One thing I don't understand was that random pause. Like Santana wasn't singing next after that pause, but they all paused and like looked at her. Let me tell you a little something. It's called dramatic effect. Okay. That pause, they needed the pause. So they pause for a dramatic effect and you're like, you're like holding your breath and you're like, why did they pause? And then they go back to it and it just works. So to me, it was giving the Hasn't Musical when they're singing Big Breaking Free and Gabriella chokes up on the mic. But like, girl, you weren't even starting off the song. So like, what's the issue? To me, it's giving you don't understand the creative decision making because right. i thought the pause was great so well you love everything about the show so maybe you're no right. i did that is a lie like what are you talking about i love everything about the show what anyway towards the end of the performance what as they're wrapping lies? up we see that finn is whispering things into rachel's ear and rachel's like smiling mm -hmm. and so as soon as the performance ends antenna jumps off stage and yells at him um for the fact that everyone in school is going to know about her now she wants to know like what she's like, what did you just say to her? And she keeps saying it. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, he kind of was not giving a straight answer. So I'm almost inclined to think that he was telling Rachel something. Cause he's like, uh, duh, I was just telling him, telling her how great you sounded. Yeah. Like there were, I'm not a professional lip reader, but it looked like you were saying lots of things, Finn, in that shot we saw of you. So I think there would be significant less lip movements. If you said she sounds great. No, you were saying a whole lot more than that, boo. So, um, yeah. And so he, like I said, Santana was like, says everyone's going to know about her now. And dumbass Finn's like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? What, like, what? Like, come on. You know what you did. And after that, Santana slaps Finn. Like hard, like upside the face. That should have made loud. his nose bleed. Um, and he deserved it. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of her and I'm happy for her and I support her. Um, and then the episode ends. And honestly, I'm kind of thinking that that's like maybe the second best cliffhanger of the whole show. We already know what number one is. I've talked about it multiple times. It involves a T-bone and Quinn. Um, but yeah, I remember watching that live and I was like, oh, and then I had to wait a whole week to find out what happened. And y'all are going to have to wait a whole week for the next episode, <laughs> too. But um, anyway. Shall we get into our superlatives? Yes. I feel like we probably will have the same four. Gee, I wonder who our MVP is. Queen Santana Lopez from Lima Heights adjacent. I told you that this was her episode, as is the next one. So it might be repeated again. But I just think that, like, yeah, she's not perfect. None of us are. We're human. But I support her. And this is like her time to shine. So she's the MVP. And gee, I wonder who the LVP is. 
Hudson. I have to be honest with you for a second. I put it as Kurt because that speech really annoyed me. Oh, was, come on. It did. It really annoyed me. I was like, what is your platform? It doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to vote for you. Okay, but it wasn't offending anybody. It offended me. It offended me. Um, I love dodgeball. So um, as, love to see as a red-blooded American who loves sports, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I changed it to Finn at the end because I was just like, no, he's he just took it too far. You just don't do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was offended by that. Santana was offended by that. She's being forced to come out when she wasn't ready to do so. Yes. And that's not on Finn, a straight cis man, to determine. Exactly. So fuck you, Finn Hudson. Gee, I wonder what the best performance is. Hot for teacher. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes, it's the last one. Rumor has it someone like you mash up. Gee, I wonder what the worst performance is. Did you put hot for teacher? Yes. Okay, so I'm like, wow, total alignment. Different will choose to cringe hours though. Yeah, I don't know what little oh, I will ha- happily, well, I happily. I will go back and play that little moan groan for you so you can hear what was going on. I don't know on. if I want to hear it. So I'm good, but thanks. All right, well, let's get into some trivia. Okay. So funnily enough, rumor has it someone like you was the 300th, 300th performance of the show. Oh, that's a lot. Also the first song from the season, telling you how much the song of the season have sucked, to reach number one on iTunes. So, Oh, iTunes. You guys... I can't tell you how many Glee songs I bought on iTunes. Do you ever think about that? Like, on a side note, sometimes I think about how, I don't want to know, I don't want to know the number. It's just like how you and I were talking about how Target will tell you how much money you've spent in the history of Target. Mm -hmm. And I was saying like, oh God, I would not want to see that figure for like Amazon. Like, I don't want to know how much money I spent on iTunes, but like specifically Glee songs on iTunes. But I just think like, Imagine how much more money it could have in my savings account if I never bought songs on iTunes. But like Spotify wasn't really a thing back then. You did what I did. You just legally downloaded the music to your MP3 player. See, at least I can die with integrity because I was buying music legally. Um, I'll never forget. Like I was there when they shifted from 99 cents to $1.29. I remember that too. Um, But I was uh, given an iTunes gift card. I'd use it. And there were some songs I would like, or music videos I would buy. But like... I got iTunes gift cards all the time. Honestly, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and assume that I spent... And and this is like in my, like, teenage years. And I guess in middle school when I got an allowance, I probably spent like, I'm going to say at least $500, $600 on iTunes. And at least like... 60 or 75 of that was on Glee songs. Makes sense. Um, so this episode was the first time Quinn sings in season three. So I'm glad that it, you know, we have to hear that grating solo voice in the last five episodes. Interestingly enough, the episode was supposed to contain a flashback to a 15-year-old Sue, played by Colby Minifee. You know who that is? No clue. Singing the title song of the musical Oklahoma in a scene that would have explained Susie antipathy to music in the schools. Series co-creator Ian Brennan said, we wanted to show that that Sue at one point had Broadway dreams. And Lynch reveals, Will tells Sue, poor little Susie Sylvester was told she wasn't good and now she's got to punish the world. Damn. A lot of angry people out there, Sue's a wannabe. However, the scene was not included in the episode as broadcast and instead included in the Glee, the complete third edition, third season DVD. 
That's weird. Sue having Broadway dreams doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense, but I would have liked to have seen that read from Will. Yeah. So, this is the third season and the third time that Masterpiece, of course, it's the third season, that Masterpiece has been the main part of the sixth episode of the season. Like, come on, people. I feel like they love doing that. They do. <laughs> I, don't I, just, I hated that one. I wanted to read it for you. So, Unlike the slap in Prom Queen, the slap between Santana and Finn was real. Naya Whoa. really did slap Corey. He didn't expect to be slapped by Naya, as it was decided by director Eric Stoltz last minute. Afterwards, um, Corey <laughs> told Naya to slap him again. Wait, isn't that something you should like get consent for from an actor? <laughs> you can't just like spring a slap on them. What? That's weird. But good for her. <laughs> The version of Rumor Has It Someone Like You that was uploaded to Glee's YouTube account features a slightly different ending. As Santana Mercedes finish singing, they hold and look off into the audience as the camera pants around them. But in the televised version, as we saw, Santana immediately jumps off the stage and storms over to Finn. This was done to preserve the storyline as the performance was released prior to the episode's release date. Oh, that's interesting. So, hmm. that's very interesting. This is the first sixth episode of a season in which the New Directions were not confronted by Will about doing something wrong. What? Who researches these things? In Vitamin D, they were confronted for the use of Terry's pills. Oh my god. In Never Been Kissed, they were confronted for using versions, visions of Coach Beast while making out and therefore hurting her feelings. Oh, I remember that. Hmm. And then in the for the I can't go for that, you make my dreams mashup. This is the most random bit of trivia. This performance was chosen by the producers to show support for Movember, like how like men grew up mustaches for November. I thought you said there was good trivia. There was some good <laughs> trivia. I okay. also included some weird shit in here. Mm. Like I'm what? Over, I'm over it. That's not interesting at all. <laughs> and with that, I, I think we bid you goodbye for this week. Thank you. We will most certainly be back next week. I can't wait for episode seven. I kissed a girl. There is a scene in that episode involving Santana, which might make me cry. It depends what my vibe is, but it was like a very important scene for me growing up. So we'll come back next week to find out. Yup. Um, until next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Do 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 do